Welcome to the Rebel and Connect radio podcast, where we connect our listeners with the people, products, and services they need to host a successful company retreat. At Rebel and Connect, we encourage remote leaders to create cultures of meaning by harnessing the power of rebellion, harmony, adventure, impact, and connection through the use of custom retreats. A note for our listeners, there was a slight tech issue at the start of this recording. Thank you for your understanding. Rest assured, you did not miss much. All of the value is still to come, so be sure to listen. On this episode of Rebel and Connect Radio, Rebel and Connect co-founder and director of program development, Charlie Birch, is joined by Lizette Sutherland, owner and founder of Collaboration Superpowers. These two chat about how simple it is to bring humanity back into the virtual office. How does your team communicate best? How does your team operate as efficiently as possible while still having fun? What habits, tools, and tech are working for your team and what's not? Take a listen to find out just how incredible Lizette and her team at Collaboration Superpowers will be for bringing this humanity back into your remote team and making the virtual office a place people want to hang out. Interviewing people and companies who are working remotely um, in order to just figure out what were they doing in order to work well? So, you know, what are, what are the tools that they're using? What are their productivity habits? How are they connecting? How are they communicating? Um, and then what's not working? And it was just sort of in the beginning um, a discovery process for me. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do with the information, um, but the excuse I used to get people to talk to me was that, oh, I'm writing this book. It's a book about remote teams. And I didn't really have any intention of writing it in the beginning. But then I started doing more and more and more interviews because I liked it so much. And eventually people started asking about the book. You know, I was getting all these emails all the time like, hey, when's the book coming out? And I thought, oh, man, I really so really have to write this book. So I ended up writing the book. It's with the editors now. It's taken so long. I get emails every week asking when it's coming out. But it's taken <laughs> three years to write it, but I've finally written it. It's at the editors. And it's a book called Collaboration Superpowers. And the subtitle is Stories of Remote Teams Doing Great Things. Because what I found was that given the new technology and given these new ways of working, people are doing incredible things together. And I sort of wanted to document those stories. So that's what I did. And as I was creating the book, as I was writing it, I thought, oh my gosh, I've got a treasure trove of information here. Like what else can I be doing with this information? And I'm, I've been working with Jurgen Apollo, who's a management guru. He's an author and a trainer and all kinds of things, creative networker, he calls himself. And I have been working with him for years and he suggested, hey, why don't you turn it into a workshop? Because that's what he does. He has the Management 3.0 workshop. And I thought, oh, yeah, thinking like, oh, yeah, I'll just turn it into a workshop. Uh, little did I know that giving workshops and training people and teaching is like a whole art in and of itself. So I had a lot to learn there. But I did eventually turn the information from the book into a workshop. And now it's called the Work Together Anywhere Workshop. And I give it online and in person. Uh, all over the world. And I also have now 11 other facilitators who are also giving this workshop all over the world because there's so many companies that are looking for tips on how do we make our remote teams work? Like they're, it's working okay. They know it's working okay-ish, but they don't really know how the new technologies that are available and all the new tools. Because 
I mean, how could they? So much has happened in the last five years. It would be impossible to keep up if, you know, if you don't, if your job is not keeping up with remote tools, like it's impossible to keep up with all the tools. So when they take the workshop, they just get this huge list of tools that they might want to use. And the whole idea of the workshop is you come out of it with your super action plan. So it's about 16 things that you want to try on your team. And I'm rambling now, but what I will say is that what I found in the interviews is that there's no one right way to make remote teams successful. There's no formula to follow. There's no bullet points that you can list out. It's a whole bunch of little things that you massage in order to get a high-performing team. And what you need to discover is which tools are going to work for your team, which best practices are going to work, what, you know, how, what are your processes going to look like. And what I found is that it's best for teams to have examples, a whole bunch of examples of what other people are doing, and then pick and choose what will work for them. So that's what comes out. When you come out of the workshop, you have a super action plan of ideas that you're going to want to try. Very cool. That's, um, you know, I need little bits and pieces of that, but it's nice to hear it in that, that whole arc of that. And I think that's true, you know, about most things. There's really never, I'm always suspicious of a one size fits all solution. Totally. Um, you know, and I think I, I spent a lot of time before this business and before this podcast um, in the coaching space, in the online coaching space, it's all of this one size fits all coaching package for your business or your brand. And, you know, it just turned me off so much. And that's a really big inspiration of what we're doing here is, you know, how do we not have to be a figurehead of expertise, but uh, aggr- expert of aggregation and right. being together of custom solutions in a way that is, um, you know, pooling from all the people who do want to be a figure <laughs> figurehead. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's so much expertise out there. And so it's it's nice to be able to pick and choose what will work for you. Because, I mean, I have this example. I love wikis. And the wikis are basically editable documents. Like Google Docs, you could think of Google Docs like a wiki. Um, but it's basically, it's, all, it's like a system where you keep all your information. You've got this table of contents and all the pages linked to each other. And it's all really organized. And I just, I love wikis. I pro- I've used, in the last company that I worked with years ago, I created more wikis myself than any other person, than all the other people in the company combined. (laughs) And I was just like, it's just the perfect tool. But what I found is maybe, yes, maybe it was the perfect tool, but if nobody else is using it, it's not the perfect tool. So yes, maybe it has all the functionality and everything you need, but if the team's not going to use it, it's not your perfect tool. You have to move on and try something else. And that's just the nature that's the nature of remote work. And every day there's a new tool that's being developed. I mean, I have people contacting me every day to demo their tool for me. And it's cool what we're doing, but it's, uh, it's hard to keep up with it. Yeah, yeah, totally. So what is it that is your big why, your big motivation, not just for the work that you do, but you know, for getting out of, out of bed in the morning and putting your best foot forward? What's your big core motivation for life? Oh, okay. So we'll start. That's a starting with a small question. <laughs> I'll, I'll say the. I'll, I'll put it in a little bit of context or point it in one direction, which is about 15 years ago, I was helping to build an online project management tool, which was my first sort of foray into remote working and what could be done online. And I just happened upon it because I belonged to a group in Los Angeles called Hike the Geek. And it was a self-proclaimed group of geeks that met every Sunday and went hiking together. And it kind of, it started because this guy had a business and all of his programmers were getting fat. So then he made them 
every day at lunch, go out and walk. And he called it Hike the Geek. And then it sort of grew into this like every Sunday thing. And then we attracted all kinds of incredibly smart, interesting people in Los Angeles to hike together. So anyway, I was part of this group. One of the guys in the group started talking about a company that he wanted to build, which was this online project management tool. But the reason that he wanted to build it was because he didn't want to die. And he was frustrated that longevity scientists from all over the world weren't talking to each other and sharing their data because he wanted them to solve the problem of aging so that he didn't have to die. And so he was actually building this tool to get these longevity scientists to finally talk to each other and share data. And for me, it was just like mind blown. I thought, think of the things that we could do if we could get the right people working together, regardless of location, like all the experts you need to solve a problem. They're not in the same room. They're not even in the same city. I mean, mostly they're not even in the same country. So how do you work together? And so that's what drives me as I'm seeing, especially now that I've done the interviews, I mean, the examples of companies that are doing great things, totally inspiring. So for me, it's like the ability to move mountains just by self-organizing with people all over the world. I think the most recent example is for me, the Women's March. Mm-hmm. I mean, that started with a Facebook group, you know, somebody put it and all of a sudden it turned into a worldwide global march because somebody started a Facebook group. And I just thought, that is exactly what I'm talking about. That is people doing great things. I mean, regardless of your politics, it was pretty cool the way that that got organized, I think. And so that's what inspires me is like, think of the things we could do if you get the right people together. Totally mind-blowing. So that's what I want to do. I want to get people together online. There's all these people that say, oh, remote working doesn't work and it's so hard. And I'm thinking... Yeah, it might be hard now because the tools and the technologies are only at the beginning phases, but just wait until virtual reality really makes a splash. Like, just wait because it's going to be incredible. The, the way. And we're already doing great things together, just, and I'm just excited. So that's what drives me. Very cool. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned the Women's March as a way, you know, the, on the global level, because I, I went to the one in Philadelphia and I had just moved back to this part of the country and I was who am I going to go with? Who am I going to go with? And, you know, there was all these organizations and the Facebook page for the local area. Um, but I ended up reconnecting through Facebook with one of my friends from high school who I hadn't seen in 15 years. And now we're getting together locally to teach a dance class in our spare time just for fun. And so it's like, you know, it can create new connections and rekindle old connections and, you know, People, my boyfriend always is like, well, I don't want to know what everybody's doing. Well, then don't follow them. Don't pay attention. To yeah. <laughs> you know, like you, you have more control over your online network than you sometimes do about of your proximal network. You know, it's totally empowering that way. Cool. Absolutely. So yeah. you, you talked a little bit about, you know, your, uh, the scope of your work, your products and services. Um, give us just a little bit of a, a framework, you know, what are, um, if someone wanted to work with you and bring you on, what, what would that look like? What would the spread of options be? If it's an individual person, I have open public online courses. I should say, so I'll start with that. If it's a person, I have open public online courses that people can just join uh, whenever it suits them or the other facilitators of collaboration superpowers are able to join that. For a team, uh, what I do recommend is um, that when teams take it, and I always recommend doing it online, though some people like to fly me there in person to do it in person because online seems so weird and new and, oh my God, is it going to be as good as being in person? And uh, I'll just say up front, it's 
I've developed an online workshop that is as good, if not better than taking it in person. I would say it's better because we get to meet in a virtual office. We get to try teleportation. You can teleport to another country. We play games like bad meeting bingo. Um, and we do, you know, we have these virtual cards that, uh, that I've, I've shown these to you, but I have these super mm-hmm. cards that are like virtual visual indicators of what's going on. Like the one I'm holding up right now that podcast listeners can't hear is I can't hear you. There's another one that you're on mute. So we just play all of these games. Um, in, a, in an effort to learn the information. So there's, I recommend it online. I also do this hybrid workshop where you can do half a day in person and then two online sessions. So if you're still hesitant about the online world, you can dip your toe in by, by meeting first in person and then going online. So, and that's it. I don't do a consultation for people. That's not my strong suit. I have other um, colleagues that I that I point people to for that kind of thing. It's simply the Work Together Anywhere workshop. It's four sessions online of one and a half hours each. And through that, you learn how to create your team agreements so there's no misunderstandings. How do you simulate your office online? You know, how do you have great meetings that are, are problem-free? And then feedback and appreciation. That's something that people really don't think a lot about mm-hmm. on remote teams. But I think it's one of those critical things you have to have in place. So that's what it looks like. It's just joining one of the workshops and you can find all the events are listed on the website. Yeah. Very cool. So if you were, I mean, I guess you operate pretty much as a a solo business owner. Is that correct? Totally. And with the help of freelancers and contractors here and there. Oh yeah. Tons. Not even just here and there. Like my pod, I have a podcast producer. I'm feeling this person. Yeah. Designer. Yeah. So if you were the leader of a you know, well-established, more employee-based um, remote team, What? why would you hire yourself? What core problems would you be seeking to solve in hiring yourself? And what key takeaways would you be aiming to achieve? Well, I would say the core problems are um, teams – that are transitioning from being together in the office to being remote. That's a lot of teams in that uh, area take my workshop because they're trying to figure out how do we go remote efficiently. Mm -hmm. And the other one are um, teams that know they can be working together better, but they're not quite remotely, but they're not quite sure how. So they know that there's stuff out there, but nobody quite knows how and nobody wants to take it on. So those are the two teams. And then there's, of course, coaches that hire me. A lot of coaches that are coaching teams that want them to be better online, especially agile coaches, because they really have to work closely together, but they don't know how to do it online. Those are the three types of people that hire me. And really, the what you get when you come out of the Work Together Anywhere workshop is you get a high bandwidth, non-glitchy you know, team bonding experience online. So, and what I always like to say is you'll work together online as if you were in the office together. Mm-hmm. It should be just as easy to be like, hey, Charlie, what do you think of that marketing report? You should be able to just do that online like you would if you were leaning over and asking a person next to you. And that mm-hmm. is possible. It is absolutely possible. You just have to know how to do it. Like you have to change your behavior and you have to change a few tools You usually. Right. So like a combination of change management and performance enhancement. Yeah, absolutely. 
Cool. Yeah. cool. And for the team decides. I'm a big fan of having the team decide what it needs. Mm-hmm. So usually you have these experts coming in and saying like, oh, your team needs this and it would be great. And if, I mean, I, I could probably play that role, I suppose, because I've seen so many examples, but I really prefer the team sitting down and deciding like, oh, do we want Slack or do we want HipChat or maybe we don't need it at all? And what are our concerns? I mean, the team will figure out what it needs. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah, I think that's really important. We just recently brought on uh, two new sales reps into our team and that was part of their training of talking like we're not telling you go in the world and do some hard selling. We want nothing to do with that. Like you need to approach that with curiosity and from a place of service, but most important acknowledging like the clients that we are going to work with are an expert. They are the expert on their team and all we are an expert on is, you know, how to bring together great resources to help them fill their needs. We don't know what they need until they tell us. And really like that's super important for, for us is to really acknowledge the expertise that our clients come, come through the door with, because that's just where all the wisdom is and everything totally. else is just, you know, totally. pretentious. <laughs> Totally. And I always find like in the workshops, you have to let the people in the workshops do a lot of the talking because they're, they have the expertise. I have the expertise from the interviews and that sort of info. I have the structure and the architecture of how to learn certain information. But I mean, people have been working on remote teams for ages. They've been doing this so long and they all have great different tips. So you have to let people talk to each other. I mean, it's the multidisciplinary approach that I think that will always win. Yeah, I agree. I think facilitation is far superior to instruction almost always, but that's yeah. my, my preference. And I'm an, exper- I'm an experiential learner. I, if people talk at me, I'm done. I'm like totally checked out five seconds before they <laughs> utter their first word. But okay, so great. And the final question we like to ask people since our you know big picture is, what would it look like if you were to be involved in a retreat? So we like to give people here just kind of a sensory, um, you know, sensory image. What would it taste like? What would it smell like? What would it, you know, feel like? What would be some of the, um, you know, kinesthetic experiences that people might anticipate if they were to incorporate your work into one of their retreats for their remote team? Well, I would say if you've got a remote team that's meeting together in person at a retreat, then I would recommend the hybrid workshop for sure. Mm-hmm. So that is like half a day in person. It can be broken up into two two parts. So you do one one morning and the other another morning, depending on your retreat. And then two online sessions later after you're done with the retreat and gotten back to the office. And those that in-person session, the what we would discuss is creating a team agreement for how you want to work together, how you're working together now, what's working and what's not. And then we go into how do you simulate the office online? So what are all the cool tools, the robots, the virtual offices, the um, weird 3D cameras? Like what can you do with those things? Are they what you need? And then you sort of give a taste for all the different equipment and stuff that you could try. And then when we go online, then we get to actually try the virtual office. We dive a little bit deeper into some of the, the stuff that's better done online. But there's some stuff that's fun to do in person because you can break out into groups and really talk things out with people. And so, oh, and experiment- experientially, I say I always bring a lot of snacks to anything mm-hmm. that I do. 
person because I find that, you know, if you're thinking a lot, you need energy. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of like chocolate and apples and grapes and co- cheese and crackers will accompany me anywhere I go because it's nice. my favorite food. <laughs> Anything nachos, bread, cheese related is it's going to be on my table. So <laughs> that's always fun. But I mean, it's it's fun to just check stuff out, especially when you're at a team together. And I find that if you're together in person, I mean, you're really... Um, you're really having conversations about process and what can be massaged and how you, you know, you're kind of taking a big picture view when you're together like that in person organizing, especially at a retreat. And so that's, what's fun about doing that in person is you can carve out some of these, like, let's okay. When we get back to the office and we get back home, let's try these things out. And then you get back to the back home and you try the things out and you see how they go. And then we get back together again too, with two online sessions after that. I like that. Yeah, my mom always says, uh, plan it, try it, fix it. And I like that, you know, because that's, you never know. A plan is just a plan. It's just an idea until, totally. it, until it works and then it's a flow. And uh, I think I always tell people you have to start really small and iterate from there. I read an article about a company that had employees and they said, okay, we're going to try this remote working thing. For the next two weeks, everybody go wherever you want. Like, you know, just don't come into the office. Be wherever you want. And, of course, everybody went all over the world. I mean, they had, it wasn't like next, you know, tomorrow go anywhere you want. I'm sure they planned it in advance. But so people went all over the world, and their experiment failed miserably. Like, it was a horrible experience for the company. And I thought, well, yeah, you started huge. I mean, I would have just started, like, everybody calling in from their own office on a video conferencing tool. Like, why don't we start there? You don't even, Then if something goes wrong, you're still in the office, and you can yeah. just regroup. Because you don't want to be running all these experiments when somebody's in Thailand and somebody's in America and somebody's in Europe. I mean, that's, that's a disaster. You have no idea what you need. So I always tell people you have to start really small and then massage things from there. Yeah. Working together as a high-performing remote team isn't rocket science at all, but it does take attention to detail, mm-hmm. and it does take effort from everybody on the team. It, you, everybody has to be proactive. You can't have some people just huddled off and not communicating with everybody else. Everybody has to be proactive. Jurgen Apollo, who, who I told you about before, he has this great quote that says, management is too important to leave to the manager's. And I thought, that's exactly right. I mean, everybody's responsible and mm-hmm. everybody should be involved in order to make it successful. We have to have each other's backs. Yep. That's sort of the bottom yep. line. Absolutely. So I know in the, in this space, there's, you know, all kinds of buzzwords. There's flexible schedules and location independence and, you know, part-time remote work. And um, how how do you apply or, you know, address remote teams that are wanting to work together, but also wanting to maintain flexible schedules. I do that. All of that I do through the team agreement process. Okay. So the team decides, do we need core hours or, or do we need, can we be completely flexible and asynchronous? Will it work that way? Mm-hmm. But it really comes down to just agreeing on when we're going to be online together and how we're going to communicate together. For example, I had a, um, a colleague who used to use email like an instant message system. And so she would just, you know, you'd get like one email after another. She would just hit enter, send, and then like, oh, yeah, and another thing. And then just like another email. So you'd get this barrage of emails, which is not such a big deal because, you know, you can just delete the emails until you get to something you need to respond to. But over time, 
you stop wanting to have a conversation with this person because you know you're going to get this barrage of emails back. And on a remote team, that is death. Like you don't want to have people not wanting to be in contact with each other. So you just have to lay the ground rules for, okay, if you want to talk like in an ongoing conversation, we need some sort of instant messaging. If you mm -hmm. want to just announce something, then email's okay. And, you know, on Slack, there's all kinds of Slack etiquette that teams adopt. And those things need to be thought out in advance. Like, mm -hmm. If I ask a question, you don't have to answer with text. You can answer with a thumbs up emoticon or a thumbs down emoticon. And that saves, you know, because you get this barrage of text on Slack. So if you're using emoticons, you can cut down on the amount of text that you're getting. All kinds of little tricks like this teams need to really decide on. So I, I use the team agreement process for the, the issue that you just described, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. how do we work together? It's just yeah. like as a team, each team needs to think about how they want to do that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. Because I think one of the things I notice a lot talking with all the people I talk to in the remote space um, and then kind of hearing from outside of that sphere of influence, other people's like the outside perspective, right? Or the fear about remote work. Um, and it all kind of comes down to resistance to change and fear of losing control and, you know, just generally overwhelmed by technology, which, yeah. for my, you know, in my generation, the technology thing is not so crazy. Like last night, Summer and Rachel and I were all working on just by accident. We don't usually do this, but we're all working on the same Google doc at the same time. And at some point, you know, someone just t typed in big capital letters across, stop editing my edits while I'm editing my edits, you know, because <laughs> you just can't, you can't keep up with the track changes. So, but you, you know, we have that, we, we, we meet twice a week on a regular time. We do pop-up meetings when we need to, but we do pretty much everything in Slack. And because we're a partnership, if we have to vote, you know, sometimes you can't call a meeting. And so right into our operating agreement, like you're talking about the, the agreement we have is we have a channel just for voting. And all you got to do is send that thumbs up. Yes. Thumbs down. No. And then it's time stamped because of the slack. And you know, if you got the vote approved or not, and it's really a very effective strategy, but I think that's really true. You know, you just got to back kind of full circle to where we started. You just got to take it as it comes and be as explicit as possible and find out what, what works best for your team. That's absolutely. So um, the last kind of closing thing I like to just know, is there anything else about remote work or about you that we didn't touch on that you feel compelled to share with our audience? Oh, wow. Uh, well, for the people who, who doubt it, if it can work, I would just like to say, um, it may have been difficult in the past when we had those horrible spider phones where you have to lean over the phone on the conference room table and like, hey, Bob, it's Lisette. Can you hear me now? Um, the, the Things have come a long way in the last five years. And I think that um, whether or not you decide to allow for remote working in your company, you should have the processes in place to be able to work remotely if you have to in case of hurricanes, for example, <laughs> or, I mean, if you're in London, there are transportation strikes all the time or mm -hmm. two 
break down and you can't get into work or there's horrible weather like the snowstorm that the snowpocalypse storm that's happening in the northwest of the US right now. I mean, your business should not have your business should not stop because of something like that happening. So you should whether or not you want people to have flexible working or remote working privileges, you should be able to do it if you need to because those situations come up all the time. Everybody can think of a situation when they were waiting for the plumber or they their kid was sick. And so your business will only be stronger for it if you have those processes in place. So I would encourage companies to take another look, like just see what's out there because flexible working is not going away. And for sure, the younger generations, they're already working like this. You know, the the generations that have grown up with Facebook and video games, like World of Warcraft, for example, kids are already collaborating and working on things with people they've never met and spoken to all over the world over video, it's going to be a natural way of behaving. So I would just encourage companies like, don't be that dinosaur. It's mm-hmm. coming. Might mm-hmm. as well be prepared for it. Like it's already happening. So figure out, like find out what's out there, what tools would work for you and then see what works best for your company. Some companies don't have the culture to do it. And like some companies shouldn't be remote. That's totally fine. But think about your processes at least, at least get educated about what's happening. That's yeah. that's my advice. I think that's Sticking great. Right in, the, in the sand is not going to help in this situation. It never helps when in, in any business, but people want freedom and they don't want freedom because they want to slack. They want freedom because they want to do more. They want to be more productive. I mean, when you go to work, you're not, I mean, that's where you spend most of your time, right? So you want to be actually doing something that matters and people want the freedom to have their own workspaces and they want freedom from the commute and the freedom to spend more time with their family. And it's not about slacking. It's about work-life fusion these Mm -hmm. days. Yep. I love that. I've always had beef with the phrasing of work-life balance because it puts work and life in opposition to each other. And as someone who's got, you know, a dance background, anyone with any kind of physics background or, you know, physical activity, balance is an illusion. You're always counterbalancing all the time. There is no perfect balance, right? And so it's just kind of a false paradigm. And we talk about um, work-life integration and work-life harmony, but I also, I really like that use of the word fusion in there. I've not heard that. Some people like to keep their work and their life totally separate, which is absolutely fine. But I believe in giving people the choice Mm -hmm. of keeping, if you want to keep it separate, great. If you don't want to keep it separate, you should also be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And hire people as professionals, they are professionals. So yes, we have to trust and yes, they have to deliver results. Both Mm -hmm. have to happen. So yeah, there's this, yeah, there's a fusion of both having to happen. I I think for the most part, I, you know, managers are always so afraid that remote workers are not going to do their job and they're not going to, they want to slack. And what I found is remote workers tend to be just workaholics mostly. <laughs> Guilty. Like, yeah, people want to go remote because they want to work more, not less. I've never met somebody. I've not interviewed a slacker yet. I'm wait. If you're out there and you want to be interviewed, get in touch. I'd be happy to interview a slacker, but I haven't met one yet. Oh, that's funny. There's this, um, I don't, you know, I've been driving, listening to the radio in this, this area, like the local radio, which is so interesting to get like the ads on the radio tells you so much about the community, but there's this one for like the local jobs board for Atlantic County. And it's like, don't hire a bunch of Dave's. And it talks about all Dave as like the archetype of the slacker. And then at the very end of the ad, it says, 
We do not intend for this ad to offend Dave's. If you are Dave, do not call us and complain about this ad saying that it has offended you. Dave's just a common name and it's fun to say. So that's why we use it. (laughs) But it's all about, you know, don't get in with companies that aren't worth working with and don't be a slacker. And if those are the, you know, if you're in one of those two categories, use our jobs board. And I just think that's, it's very common. I love it. <laughs> I like that there's humor at the end of it too. It's like it's humanizing things again. Mm-hmm. Cause in the end that's really, it's just people working together. That's all it is. Absolutely. That's, I mean, that's what we're all about. How can we, cause we, you know, like we talked about a little bit already, but, there's things that work about co-located work. And a big part of that is human contact. And I think, you know, there's a downside of that. You don't always like the contact you get, but when it's not there, you know, when I was graduating from college, I remember sitting around with my girlfriends thinking like, if you're not supposed to mix work and play, but you work 40 hours a week, where do you meet other people? Like, you know, like, and so even if you don't always like your coworkers, which is something to look at and why, but you know, you still have that human contact. And that was a huge inspiration for us in this was, yeah, we want the freedom to work from home or to work from the airport or to work from the ski resort or wherever, because we're all a bunch of ski bumps. Um, (laughs) But we also are extroverts and we want the human connection and um, you know, look just already in the past year, all of the cool relationships like with you and you know, all the other people that we're collaborating with that, if I hadn't decided to make that part of my mission and our mission to connect with people in virtual first real time second, but you have that instead, like don't share your real name online or, you know, never give out your information or all the scary serial killers are preying on people online. Like that can happen. That's unfortunate. But for the most part, you robbed on the way home from work. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that that's a really big paradigm shift too, for a lot of people to realize that it's, you can go both ways, meet in person, connect online, meet online, connect in person. Like it's a, a cycle, not a street. Totally. I mean, loneliness is something a lot of remote workers complain about or feel. I, I, I don't have, I don't, it's going to sound weird to say, I don't have empathy in that way only because I've, uh, I love working on my own in my home office. It's mm-hmm. like, it's a joy to, to be here. I've got like a neighbor cat that comes over to visit. Mm-hmm. I've got all the, like the nice temperature and the coffee is awesome here. And, um, but I, I do also need the social context. So you have to build that into your day. So as remote workers, you really have to make an extra effort. But mm-hmm. what I like, I get to choose my social contact. Like I, you know, most of the time I love my colleagues. There's, there's been a few occasions when there's been less savory (sighs) colleagues for mine, but, but I like that I get to choose. And at the end of the day, I'm usually exhausted from all the contact that I've Mm -hmm. had from video meetings that I have all day. I mean, Mm -hmm. the video, I'm in a, I'm in a virtual co-working group right now where I could literally click a button and go talk to a guy in Texas like, you know, from my, the, the office in the Netherlands. It's just super cool to do that. So yeah, it's just all of these things is you got to be deliberate about what you, what you want to accomplish. And when we're together in person, we can be a little bit sloppy about our processes because you can easily pick it up. But when we're remote, you can't be sloppy. You really have to have those processes in place. Otherwise things fall through the cracks. But again, it's not rocket science. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of somebody paying attention to that. Yeah. An art, a science and a discipline in both. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you again so much for joining me today. It's always a pleasure to chat with you and, uh, until next time I'll, you know, we'll, uh, if you're interested in learning more about Lisette, you can, um, get 
some information on her at www.rebellionconnect.co slash Lisette hyphen Sutherland, where we will have all of her information. And if you're interested in an introduction, we'd be happy to facilitate that so that Lisette knows you're coming right from here and it doesn't get lost in the shuffle. One of those systems we put in place to facilitate those connections. And um, until next time, rebel and connect. See you online. All right. Bye-bye. Rebel and Connect is a Colorado-based company owned and operated by Charlie Birch, Rachel McGee, and Summer Wyrick. We operate remotely and service clients from all over the globe. For more about our mission, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Connect with us on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can also email us directly at info at rebelandconnect.co or call 970-325-6833. We hope you enjoyed the show. Subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss an episode. This podcast is a Rebel and Connect production.